Bloody Discord. It's always changing up my output devices. Oh, I was pretty sure it was going to be me this time. My uh, power just went out a little bit ago, and so everything was turned off when I came over to start the podcast. Oh, right. Having some dodgy weather or just something random? I mean, it's raining, but it's not storming or anything, so it shouldn't be enough to cause a power outage. No. You need to get yourself some batteries. Yeah, yeah, I I need some kind of uh, UPS or something for my computers, just for the whole office, really. Mm-hmm. You could start collecting up old iPhone batteries out of all the old iPhones you've got, bank them together somehow. Yep. Make my own. <laughs> DIY, yeah. I heard it's quite um, common to pilfer old laptop batteries and then bank them together and create your own power bank. Oh, really? Yeah. My experience with batteries is that they just wear down so quickly that it seems like old ones wouldn't be that useful. I guess if you've got enough of them, yeah. then in total you still have a lot of charge. Potentially, at least. I think I read it in the context of someone who was collecting solar power into old laptop batteries in a huge bank of them and then powering their house with it. Powering a house off of laptop batteries? Wow. Yeah. They must have had a ton. <laughs> literally a ton <laughs> or more I probably think. yeah wow so you're selling your iphone 12 pro max as i noticed on the um is that an apple specific resale subreddit uh yeah i generally sell my iphones every year on the apple swap subreddit which is is like hardware swap but just for apple stuff um but I don't know. This is always my least favorite time of year is, is dealing with the headache of selling stuff uh, online. And I've sold my old iPhones every single way, whether it's on Craigslist or uh, the mail-in you know, buyback programs or Apple Swap has been my go-to for the last few years. And it's been okay. Um, it's just it's a little nerve-wracking every year because you're selling it to a stranger online and they're paying you through PayPal. So the payment is good. It's not like you can risk getting ripped off unless you just don't know how PayPal works. Uh, but the problem is that there's always a possibility that they can just claim that either never got delivered or it was not what they, not in the condition I described it as, and then PayPal will just refund them and they, you know, then they have the phone. Um, that's never actually happened to me. I've always been pretty lucky with the people that I've sold iPhones to in the past, but it's always a possibility and a concern that I have this time of year. And I made the decision this year that I would list it on hardware swap and Apple swap like I do every year, my 12 Pro Max. Uh, but I also went to Gazelle, which is a service I've used in the past. Um, and I... Uh, looked up what their offer was, and they were offering $700 for my 12 Pro Max. That's about half of what it's worth, isn't it? I don't think it's about half, because in my estimation, I was going to be able to get, like, if I was really lucky and patient, 1000 uh maybe closer to 900 for it. Okay. So it's a couple hundred dollars less, um, which is fairly significant, but it's also guaranteed money. Gazelle, I've used them quite a few times, and they're 
they always pay you. They don't like get the device and tell you that it's actually worthless like Apple does. <laughs> um, so I went ahead and accepted an offer through them at the same time. And then they mail you a box to ship your phone back to them in. So my decision was that I would, I would post it on Reddit and accept the offer through Gazelle. And if I don't have a buyer through Reddit by the time the Gazelle box gets to me, then I'm just sending it to Gazelle. And uh, that's exactly what happened today. I, I put it in the mail and it's going off to Gazelle. So, so who is Gazelle? It's just a company that what, refurbishes them and then sells them on? Yeah. Yeah, they've been around for as long as I can remember, as long as I've been selling iPhones. Um, there was a time period for a few years where, or maybe it was just one year, where they decided they weren't buying buying back phones anymore. Uh but they've since started back up. So, but yeah, they're just like, they just buy old phones and tablets and computers. And I don't even know if they refurbish them or they just resell them or what, but I've used them multiple times and they've always been reliable. So for the peace of mind, sometimes it's just worth getting it out of my hands and not having to talk to half a dozen people on Reddit who ask the same questions over and over again and want me to photograph the same like micro abrasions on the screen or whatever else and then all the bots you get at the same time just have it done and over with just the usual trying to sell thing online right debacle type annoyance that you have to go through yeah and it actually was slower this year than it has been in the past i was surprised the used market for your phone yeah i didn't get quite the rush of offers i usually get the day i posted it it actually like just slowly trickled in over the last few days Maybe you priced it too high. Maybe. I thought nine fifty was pretty competitive. But it's you know, it's the the most expensive, biggest iPhone with the most storage, so maybe the least compelling to people when they want to buy a used phone. Yeah, that could factor into it. Yeah. Yeah. Gazelle's website lists the phones they sell as certified pre owned. <laughs> yeah. Such a funny statement. It's a so just like they receive it, they verify that everything works, and then they resell it, but they don't do any refurbishment or anything. We, we can certify that this <laughs> definitely come didn't come to us brand new in box. <laughs> That's what we're certifying. Yep. No, I, I bet they do a little bit more. Yeah. So, anyway. I took the easy way out this year. Oh, well. If that works, it works. Yeah. Uh, all right, I've tracked down exactly what does the Gazelle certified mean. Okay. Uh, it means that all their store products go through a certification process that involves light refurbishment. So I mm. think they wipe it down with a cloth and make sure it powers <laughs> on. Maybe check the camera. There you go. That, that That's the limit of light refurbishment, surely. Yeah, they're not putting new batteries in or anything. No, I wouldn't think so. I was surprised uh, when I was going to sell the phone. I checked the battery health because now that's something that everyone asks for now that it's something you can get out of the settings. My uh, 12 Pro Max was at 90% battery health after one year, which... See, I think that all the wireless charging we're doing mm -hmm. is degrading the battery health a lot faster than we're used to. That could be the case. It's at least heats it up more while it's charging than, than normal, which I guess the heat is a factor. Oh, heat's definitely a factor. It's, I know... Maybe I don't know. I just feel like fast charging would also degrade the battery faster. So the fact that using Qi and it charges slowly might help, but I guess that's 
not true. No. My iPhone 10, which is four years old, I think is in the 80s still. Oh, wow. And it it's only in the recent year that I've really heavily adopted wireless charging. Before that, it was always plugged in. In fact, mm-hmm. Yasmin was... Uh, she kind of rejected wireless charging. So for the period that she uh, used it, it was always plugged in for charging. Oh, really? Um, I've seen a lot of people saying on the uh, on the Apple subreddit that their battery health has degraded a lot faster with the 12s. But yeah. I don't remember seeing it for previous phones and, you know, they've been able to wireless charge since the 10. So I don't know. Maybe it's a 12 thing. Maybe. Or a way that the battery health is just calculated differently now or maybe more people are wireless charging because magsafe has made it so much easier or not even easier just new and different so people want to try it so maybe the problem has existed since the 10 but a lot of people hadn't jumped on them wireless charging yet yeah i will say magsafe makes a huge difference because i've i've been on wireless charging since the 10 like exclusively um and those mornings that you'd wake up and you missed the charger slightly and your phone was at like 20%, those are the worst days. And I haven't had that day once <laughs> since MagSafe. <laughs> Glad to hear. <laughs> Makes up for all the dodgy accessories that came along with the technology. Uh, yeah. Such as the battery pack and the wallet. And I, uh, I guess we can move ahead a little bit. Um, I got to go to the Apple store recently. And while I was in there, I... Uh, tried out all the magsafe accessories and i quite liked them uh the magnet stuck to my 12 pro max or the wallet stuck to my 12 pro max much stronger than i had anticipated after all the bad reviews i had seen um like it took some considerable force to to peel it off but also slide it off which makes me feel like all the videos that i saw of people sliding in their pocket and the in the wallet coming off like was was done deliberately for the views because there would be a definite like snag before it would just slide off and you wouldn't notice. You would know if you were doing it. Was there an updated wallet released with the 13 though? There was. I don't think that's what I tried, but the wallet okay. I think is the same wallet. It just has an NFC chip in it now so that Find My can work. I don't think the actual connectivity is different, but that could be the case. I know the battery pack I tried also... Um, connected snugly and uh and i thought it was actually quite comfortable and i may or may not end up getting one i probably will at some point just because i have the smaller phone and if i ever go on a trip just for the peace of mind i'll want to bring the battery with me i'd like to hear your report after like a couple of weeks of using it maybe i should just try it myself though of using the battery or using the my phone of using any magsafe accessory just Mm. over a longer period whether it's the battery or the wallet well, I, yeah, of those two accessories that are unexperienced, but I have been using MagSafe accessories. I've got MagSafe stands all over, <laughs> but I guess that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, you don't put the stand in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, but it's my new favorite way to set my phone down. Like anywhere that I would set my phone down, my bedside table, any of my desks, I've got a, a MagSafe stand because I love being able to just snap it there and the phone is pointing right at me and it's not laying on its screen or the camera lens. It's being propped up. So, yeah, anywhere I can put one, I've I've set up a MagSafe stand. Mm, okay, sounds good. Yeah. So maybe fact, that's what will finally convince uh, Yasmin to jump on board wireless charging. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they're all MagSafe chargers that I don't have a single one plugged in. I just have them being used as stands. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you plug him in as well? Then you get the the added benefit of charging your phone. Uh, well, I guess I might, uh, depending on how my 13 battery holds up. But my 12 Pro Max, I never had a battery concern, and I, my only concern was overcharging it. So I didn't want to have, I didn't want it to charge every time I sat it down, because I thought that would degrade the battery faster. Yeah. No. Um, Look what happened anyway. Yeah, I know. It only ever charged overnight, and yeah, it lost 10 percent a year. So. But that's a problem for someone who uses a phone for more than a year, not me. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an upside to always needing the best phone. You mm-hmm. just don't keep one longer than a year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, like, it helps me, it helps with a lot of things. If I, I don't worry about battery health, I don't have to worry about screen scratches or dropping the phone and getting scuffed, because it'll all go away within a year. <laughs> for the low, low price of $1,300. Minus 700, because Gazelle's paying me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was an interesting um, article on a self-post on the Apple subreddit. Maybe last week, someone did the calculations of the cheapest way to own an iPhone, and they did like, oh, if you kept the, say, the 12 for two years and then sold it. I think they used examples of phones where they could look at a resale value after two years. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm just trying to uh, scratching my memory to find out to remember what the cheapest way of owning an iPhone was, and I think it might have been keep it for two years and then resell on the secondhand market and then buy the current one new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, iPhones hold their value so well that it uh, definitely makes buying the new one every year easier because I get at least fifty percent off, and depending on how patient I want to be, you know, considerably more. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to quickly try and find it. Hang on a sec. Um, unless it was on the iPhone subreddit. Maybe I need to get on that subreddit. I'm not on the iPhone subreddit. Mm, there are plenty of articles or topics on resale, but not the one I was thinking of about the optimal way to do it. Yeah, the iPhone subreddit is um, 3.2 million subscribers compared to Apple, which is only 2.7. I was really shocked. Oh, really? I said quite a while ago that the the iPhone subreddit is actually a lot bigger. All right. Well, I just joined it. Congratulations. (laughs) Created January 25th, (laughs) 2008. So it came out, it was created like exactly a year after the first iPhone was announced. Really? I mean, Created after? Yeah. I don't think the 25th of January is right, but January 2007 is when the original iPhone was unveiled. Yeah, it's unusual that it, because the the even the name iPhone was widely rumored before the iPhone was announced. Uh, yeah, it was basically a given at that point in Apple's product lineups where everything was just i whatever. Maybe that was before people could create their own subreddits. Oh, really? Because early Reddit, I think there was a predefined list. Could be wrong on that. This is going back a long way. Yeah, 2008 was before I was on Reddit. I was maybe a year or two before I joined. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I'm a member. Um, would you like to talk about your new products? Yeah. Instead of your old ones. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Cool. Good morning. Good morning. You've got a few products in your hand, in your sweet, hot little hands. <laughs> 
All right, way to come on to me, James. Uh, combining those two uh, adjectives <laughs> was a little bit <laughs> too much, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think last we spoke, I had ordered the iPhone 13 Pro, uh, and then in a, a moment of weakness uh, on on product launch day, I hopped on Apple's website to look at what it would take to get an iPad mini. And the answer was I could either order it online and it would be delivered to my house um, end of October or early November, or I could make an appointment at the Apple store that day and pick one up. Oh, nice. So Wait, can I just say that I also had a moment of weakness and I logged on to buy an iPad mini and it was like, yeah, ships in like 2027. So I was just like, <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, you couldn't get one at the Apple Store? I think the Apple Store appointment was like a week in the future as well, so that uh, didn't okay. interest me either. Uh, well, I have to say that it was probably the best decision I'll have made this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Because it, of the product? Yes. So I'll talk for a minute about my experience at the Apple Store. I, I haven't been Go to on. an Apple Store on product launch day ever, actually, I don't think. Uh, I've waited what? in line. I've waited in line for iPhones, but it's always been like at a carrier store. It's not ah. been at the Apple Store. Um, so yeah, I waited. I I was online. I was refreshing my uh, Apple Store because for a while the iPad made saying kept saying check back, you know, on whatever the day it was f- for store availability. So right at nine a.m., it it tripped over, and I can get my purple iPad Mini two fifty six uh, that day. So I scheduled an appointment and I went out to the Apple store and checked in. And what I didn't realize is that I was reserving a place. I was reserving the ability to stand in line. It wasn't like I got to get up there and walk in at my appointment time. They just put me in a line in front of the store. Uh, So I ended up there for an hour and a half, I think, standing in line. Um it was all very organized. It was going quickly. It was just a lot of people there wanting new iPhones and stuff. An, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's outrageous for having booked a spot. Right. Yeah. I thought that I was going to be able to just walk in at my appointment time, but apparently I was, yeah, just booking a spot in line. Um, anyway, it worked out fine. I didn't have anywhere to be. <laughs> well, here, I guess I did have somewhere to be because my iPhone was being delivered that day as well. And they needed my signature, so I had to get home before the iPhone was delivered. And I was forty-five minutes from home at the Apple Store. Um, but Imagine I got le- there's nothing left of your fingernails by the end of that <laughs> visit. I got lucky, and the phone didn't show up until after I got back home. Uh, but I, I would, I would have been initially crushed had I got home and seen that I missed the delivery, but then immediately forgotten about it when I opened the iPad Mini uh, because it is incredible and. It's probably the best, it, not probably, it is the best Apple product that I have bought in the last probably five years at least. Really? Mm-hmm. I have not really touched my iPhone. Well, I, I haven't touched my iPhone at all at home. If I'm at home, the iPad mini has, has taken over all of my my general usage, content consumption. If I'm browsing Twitter, if if I'm reading Reddit, or doing my crossword puzzles, or watching YouTube video, or checking emails, or whatever. It's all on that iPad mini now. 
and the iPhone is strictly for if I'm out of the house. Hmm. And it's so it's even replaced the larger iPad that you've got there as well. Uh kind of I never used my iPad Pro, my big one, for general content consumption like that cuz it's too big okay. and too heavy. Uh I can't just sit down on the couch with with a, you know, a 13-inch iPad and 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 browse Twitter. Because uh, the Twitter app's not made to be that big, so it's just a giant blown up app, so it doesn't look that great, and it gets heavy. And you just—it's not comfortable to hold in one hand. Uh, but the iPad Mini is the perfect size that I can sit down on my chair and I can read my books. I've read books on it already. I've, yeah, I've browsed Twitter on it. It's, it's the perfect size, and yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about it. So for handhold ability, can your does it fit in a single hand's handstand, or do you typically use it uh, two-handed, or what's your what's your position? Uh, you can hold it in one hand. I generally hold it with one hand, and then my second hand is scrolling or whatever. Uh, it's it's not too big that it feels awkward to you know type with two thumbs, which I really like. Oh, because that's super awkward on the bigger iPads. I always found. Right, yeah, you don't need the split keyboard on the mini. You can, I th- I feel like I can easily type with, with just my thumbs. Um, I I mean, you can hold it with one hand, but you probably wouldn't do the I I don't do like the thumb and middle finger stretching across the back to hold it. You know, I'm just kind of holding it in a corner because it's light enough. You can just hold it by the corner, and it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of torque or whatever on your wrist, so you can right. hold it like that comfortably. Um, yeah, it's barely heavier than the iphone pro max isn't it it probably is because the pro max is stainless steel and this is just aluminum so oh, it's, it's a little bit heavier so uh, the pro max 238 grams versus the mini 293 so yeah, it's a fair bit heavier oh okay. sorry you're american uh 8.39 ounces compared to 0.66 pounds whatever that means two different <laughs> units why didn't they stick to one unit <laughs> Anyway, go on. 60 grams is an easier conversion than whatever that is. Um, <laughs> ah, you're on the metric train as well now, hey? Yeah, for this instance, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I uh, have put all of my apps on my iPad, which is not something I usually do. Usually I put productivity apps on my iPad, but this one's mm-hmm. got all my social media. It's got... Even the couple apps that don't have iPad apps, it's running the iPhone apps and them being blown up. It's not that much bigger, so they're still like very usable. Like Instagram doesn't look awful on this like it would on a giant iPad. Mm, how do they? How well do they fit to the screen? Uh, I'm. They fit okay. They fit like it does on all iPads. There's a, a border around the whole thing, but it takes up most of the screen. Okay. So it's it's certainly usable. Uh, if I if I had to have any complaints about the ipad mini uh it would be that touch id is a major regression uh going back to that has been hard for me because i'm so used to just swipe up to get into my things and i and i do that every single time to unlock my ipad mini and it's like touch the touch id button to to (laughs) get in um i haven't gotten used to that and i don't like that i gotta put my finger on it every time I want to enter a password and it doesn't just scan my face and do it automatically. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, that's been a major pain point for me that I haven't had a touch ID device 
since the iPhone 7. So I'm, well, I guess maybe there was an iPad Pro that still had one for a while, but it's been a long time for me and I've forgotten uh, how different that use case is. And you've never had a touch ID in the power button device, have you? Right. This is the only second one they made. The first one was the iPad Air. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is new. In uh, the power button is great. It works just as, as accurately and consistently as the uh, home button did. And it's probably even in a more convenient place because whether you're holding it in portrait or landscape, you know, you've always kind of got a finger close enough that you can just set it on there. So it being on the side of the device, I think is, is very convenient. Uh, speaking of buttons, the volume buttons are very interesting and I like them quite a bit. Being on top seemed like it would be weird, but they're not like specifically volume up and down buttons. They're smart. So in whatever orientation you are, it could change which one is up or down. That's neat. Yeah, so it's always the one that would feel intuitive, and that's worked really well. I haven't once hit the wrong button, so that's a good side. Um, I'd say, let's see, if there's any other issues, battery life, maybe? Uh, It's definitely a one-day device, which I'm not used to saying about an iPad. iPad's usually like, I can charge it and then just not ever think to charge it again for a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe it's because I use it so much that just when I'm home, I'm on my iPad, and so it needs to be recharged every night, just like my iPhone would when it was the device that I was casually, you know, doing all my stuff on all day. And do you have a few USB-C chargers just around the house ready to go? Or is that something you had to introduce? Uh, I have some around. I've got USB-C MacBook Pro and my iPad Pro is USB-C, so it had some. But I'm so used, like, having to plug something in <laughs> has been... Barbaric. Uh, yeah, it is barbaric. Because even my iPad Pro, I'm used to just snapping into the magic keyboard and it charging through the smart connector. Of course, yeah. So having to actually plug something in is, uh, yeah, I it's it's different. I'm actually thinking about trying to find one of those little like magnetic dongles you can put in the end so that you can just snap a connector on instead of having to try to plug it in every time. And that turns it into like a MagSafe attachment instead. Yeah. Because I'd like... The, the old MagSafe, that is, not the new one. Yeah. I would like something that, especially if it integrated with some kind of dock or something, I'd like to be able just to set... When I set my iPad down, it's charging. Um, because having to plug it in, it's a little too tedious. So sometimes I just set it down next to the charger. I don't bother to plug it in. But if I if it was a case where it was magnetic and every time I set it down, it charged itself, then I wouldn't have to think about charging anymore and it would always be topped up for me. The... It doesn't have any capability of charging besides the USB-C port, does it? It doesn't have the smart connector, doesn't have any... I mean, it's got the magnetic connector for the latest Apple Pencil, but that doesn't charge in any way in. It's only right. charge out. Right. So, yeah, besides adding something to it, that there's no option, is there? Yep. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do that at some point if I can find the right accessory to help me accomplish that. I'd love to find some someone make an accessory that plugs into the USB-C port and uh, adds like a Qi coil to the back. They used to have this for like iPhone 6 and stuff that would plug into lightning yeah, port. Yeah, that's right. And then, the, yeah, yep. just a very, very thin ribbon cable that went up to a Qi coil. If someone could do that, but like make it a MagSafe coil so it had magnets around it and I could just snap my MagSafe puck to it or whatever, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, even better turning it into a MagSafe. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if you were tempted you... enough to pick up the iPad mini, I would, I would mm-hmm. definitely say go for it. 
Did you get the the 5G model, the cellular model? Uh, I didn't. I've never had a cellular iPad because okay. I've always just connected to my iPhone, and that has worked for me. Huh, uh, right. So, yeah, I actually can't think of a reason that I would ever want to pay another 10 or $15 a month for an iPad to have service when I already carry my phone everywhere I go. Uh, I think about that so differently. I don't think I've ever had an iPad model that didn't have cellular, and it just felt so hamstrung. I think what actually the very first iPad mini that came out, I just wanted mm-hmm. to give it a crack, and I just got the Wi-Fi version, mm-hmm. and it just felt so limiting just to like walk out of the house and suddenly, oh, wait, this isn't connected to the internet anymore. It, <laughs> it was such a, a, an odd experience that I... It, I never bothered at getting just the the Wi-Fi model after that. It's gotten better since then because you don't have to pull your phone out and turn on your hotspot and everything. Your iPad can just force your iPhone to turn on a hotspot when you need internet. And so, is it as seamless as that? Like you never have to worry about it? You never have to visit the hotspot settings? Uh, yeah, I've never, in the last couple of years, I've never had to pull my phone out to turn the hotspot on. I've been able just to do it right from the iPad. But I mean, do you even, on the iPad, do you even have to go into Wi-Fi and select the Wi-Fi network of your iPhone? Yeah, you do have to select the network. Yeah, no. And that turn- <laughs> Too much for you, huh? <laughs> you, you lost me. <laughs> you, you'd pay $10 a month for the convenience of not having to tap on a, a Wi-Fi network. I would absolutely pay that much. Wow. My, my iPads don't leave the house with me very often either, though. It's a very rare exception that I'm connecting them to the internet. I guess in the past, my primary use for iPads was like taking notes at university, uh, but there was always Wi-Fi on campus, so that wasn't something I had to worry about. So it was very rare that I've needed internet outside of uh, places I have Wi-Fi. One little fact about the new iPad mini that kind of put me off a little bit mm-hmm. is that the maximum capacity is only 256 gig. Seems very limiting. I mm-hmm. I think I said like this would be the perfect device for a photographer maybe on the go, but not with two fifty six gig. That uh, could be like yeah. two days of shooting. I agree. Yeah, I can't keep my photo library on my iPad. Uh, I'm getting close to five twelve not being enough anymore. My photo library is at four hundred gigs now. Ah, uh, so you're finally going to have to optimize after I'm all these years. Gonna, I'm finally going to have to buy the one terabyte iPhone. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Just switch the toggle, goddammit. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got the toggle on on my iPad and stuff, so I, I know what life is like with it, and it's not the worst. It's not as good. It, but it's yeah, not it's not as, as good. good. So I'd, I'd rather not have to worry about it. I, you know, I finally gave up, the, gave up wanting my music library downloaded with me everywhere I went, and I've switched entirely to streaming it. But there was a time that I had, you know, a hundred or so gigabytes of music as well that I wanted on my device at all times. So maybe, maybe 21 now. Yeah. Maybe in the same way that I've, I've transitioned to music streaming someday, I'll be able to adopt streaming all my photos, but I'm going to be a holdout for a while. Look, if you just, just buy, start buying one twenty-eight gig iPhones again, and you can switch to optimize storage for everything. Yeah. Save yourself a bit of money. Well, I'm, I'm going to be able to, because if I turn off to my storage on, I don't have a bunch of apps. So my used storage is going to go down to like 50 gigabytes. Mm, yeah. Yep. So. I mean, I've got massive libraries of everything and my mm. iPhone sits, I rarely see it over 70 gig used. Yeah. But I'd have to get at least the next step up from 128 because I want to be able to 
use all the new features and 128 is what pro pro res doesn't let you do 4k or whatever with 128 iphone ah that would that would be such a cap on your creativity imagine what you could create (laughs) oh my god that (laughs) message that you sent me about i can't remember it was so hilarious though i was i was laughing (laughs) uh oh here it is um Actually, yeah, I wanted to ask, did you get the Apple Pencil? And I can see in your photo you have one on the iPad, but I suppose you already had it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did not. Yeah, I, you sent me a photo of your iPad mini. Mm-hmm. Um, where, did, where did the conversation start? Screen, you said the screen feels like it's going to be plenty big, if you, plenty big for music and books. And I said, and you can fully realize your artistic potential with the pencil. And you said, definitely, it was the big screen that was holding me back before. <laughs> Limitations breed creativity. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two iPads side by side. Yep. It's definitely what you needed. Had a good chuckle. <laughs> I will say, going back to my, my big iPad feels comical now. Like, yeah, like it's literally a joke holding it in my hands. First of all, just like that, an iPad can be that big seems ridiculous and then you open an app and you're like it's so everything looks so blown up where everything is so compact and nice on the mini and it, it seems like a, a joke device it's it's funny how quickly my uh, opinions on that have changed like how if something if fisher price clones something real into a kid's toy but everything's blown up is that the same kind of feeling with the big ipad yeah well it's like I don't know if you remember this meme specifically from 2010 when the iPad was announced, but it was a, a picture of Steve Jobs holding up the iPhone in 2007, and then it had a picture of Steve Jobs holding the iPad in 2010, and then it had one below it that was like 2020, and it said I Matt, and it was like Steve Jobs sitting on a floor, and the whole floor was uh, like <laughs> apps, and that's what it feels like holding it now. I don't um, remember that one, but there was a similar one where they had just Steve Jobs was holding just four iPhones taped together and calling it the iPad. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one too. <laughs> so you've got yourself an iPad and an iMat mm-hmm. in with your two iPads. So yeah, my big iPad is definitely staying on the keyboard at all times now because like using it with a cursor is fine, but using it with my fingers it feels silly now. I have to say, you've got a lot of overlap with your devices now. Mm-hmm. iPhone, two sides of iPad mini, two sizes. Um, multiple Macintosh computers. Mm-hmm. You, do you ever feel that you're being tethered to, uh, you know, you, before you go to sleep at night, you've got to plug in 15,000 things before you can truly close your eyes in peace? Do you, do you ever have, like, a decision conflict? Like, I want to do task X, but... Which device do what I do it do on? I do it on? Yeah. Uh, I haven't hit that yet. Uh, first of all, because the iPad mini is so good that that's always my answer. Um, my iPad Pro has sat on the smart keyboard on my desk 99% of the time for the last couple of years. That's why I haven't upgraded it and I still have the 2018 model. Uh, and it had it had a couple use cases that I pulled it off the stand to use still for the last couple of years. And one was sheet music. So if I was going to sing, I'd bring it with me because it's really nice having something that I can sync my sheet music on and use the pencil to mark up the music. And it was great. 
So I, I always use it for that. And I used it for reading books because I like the iBooks and my iPhone's too small. Both of those use cases, the iPad mini has replaced. So I don't know that the iPad Pro has any place uh, in my life at all anymore. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep it. I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, the iPad mini has has cannibalized those couple things because it's way better. It's way easier to hold in the hand. It's not too heavy. It's comfortable and still big enough to see everything on. Um, and the iPhone has become just my out and about device. It's got the best camera by a long shot. So if I'm taking photos, I'm using it. And it's, I got the smaller iPhone this year, so it's nice and pocketable and it's what I carry with me when I need it, but it's just for when I'm out of the house. And then if I'm doing any serious work, that's what the M1 MacBook Pro is for. And then my iMac is only for this, for the podcast. That's all I use it for. Mm, okay. So it seems like only the larger iPads may be superfluous to your yeah. life. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's had a good run. I, I got three yeah, you, years out of it. That's it. You've, had it. you've kept it two years longer than you should have, really. Yeah. It, it got really lucky that the, the next iteration was just like the A12Z. With an extra yeah, GPU. With the <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. So uh yeah. It it uh way outlived its its uh life expectancy. So I think that that was a win. Uh much in the same way my Apple Watch is way outliving its life expectancy. Because I, I used my uh my five hundred dollar credit on my iPad mini, so I think I'm definitely sitting out series seven this year because I'm not spending seven hundred dollars or whatever on what's still gonna feel like a very incremental update so series oh, five yeah, will I, live another day that is the right decision i think i think next year's apple watch is going to be the one to buy yeah i i think so so were you tempted by anything other than the mini i would i'm kind of waiting to see what the event this month if it happens mm-hmm. was is going to bring before i make any real hard decisions um but it turns out i'm fairly strapped for cash at the moment because i was going to bring up later but i just bought a house oh really you bought a house okay (laughs) i bought a house congratulations thanks we yeah we moved into this house only roughly a year ago Mm -hmm. it's owned by my auntie and Mm -hmm. we had a, a quite a a strong handshake agreement that we were buying this house like once Yasmin was back at work which she's gone back to work in the last few months and had the deposit saved uh, but then a few weeks ago we just got a, a text saying actually can you leave oh <laughs> can really you get out of the house because we want it back so oh okay so it's not they want to rent it out it's just they want to live there again <laughs> Yeah, they want to live here again. No, I'm not sure what their situation is because, like I said, they just sent a text, which mm-hmm. was the most uh, perturbing part of the whole thing. Right. Really rubbed us the wrong way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we set about to find a house to buy and we bought one and we'll be moving in in a few weeks. So we'll actually be in the house before the next show. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Are you uh, in the same area? No, it's... I mean, Perth's not huge. It's probably a 15-minute drive from where we are now. 15-minute um, inland or still kind of along the coast there? Uh, again, Perth's kind of all along the coast. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it is it is 
away from the beach. So yeah, it's not going to be a stone's throw from the water anymore. Okay. Uh, it'll be like a 10 minute trip on the highway to get to the beach, which is still, yeah, that's you not know, bad. nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no complaints. Awesome. No, and it'll be a standalone house with no adjoining walls, unlike what we've got now, which is something I'm looking forward to. Right. Uh, an extra bedroom. So we'll have. Oh, bedrooms are great. Office. A place for sourdough and rye. <laughs> Did I say bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> an extra bedroom. Okay. Although I do plan to be baking some bread. <laughs> well, good. You can have your own podcasting room. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned uh, bread. It's funny you mentioned baking bre- baking bread because Johannes is joining um, primary school in three weeks, and he's going to a Steiner school. And one of the things they do every day in the kindy class is bake bread. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I know. I hope he brings some home. Yeah, fresh bread is the best. I know, isn't it great? That's really cool. They're teaching them like life skills at that early of an age. Yeah, it's one of the main differences between Steiner and a mainstream school is that you don't really have any sort of sit-down formal education in your kinder years. I think it starts when you're six. He's only just turned four, so he's going to have a couple of years of weaving and baking bread and all the kindy classrooms have a kitchen inside them. It's that sort of setup. I've never heard of a Steiner school before. Oh, it's from the German Rudolf Steiner Actually, he was an Austrian, not a German. There you go. Huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're not uncommon. There are, I think, a couple of dozen across Australia. Okay. Awesome. Anyway, um, but yeah, we will have a podcast room <laughs> slash office. You can, you can finally put some soundproofing stuff up. Well, I'm talking into soundproofing right now, but it, the room definitely would benefit from some more soundproofing. Yeah. I know that for a fact when I'm editing this podcast and listening to me versus you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. my soundproofing's gotten considerably worse in the last couple of years, but Oh yeah. I yeah. hadn't really noticed. Because yeah, my old cuz you saw pictures of my old office, which was like this whole corner closet area that was like floor to ceiling soundproofing and all of that. And and now I'm in a much smaller space and the direction I'm talking is all soundproof, but there's a lot more hard surfaces around me than there used to be. Hmm. Okay. But speaking well, the of... the mic's doing a great job then. Good. Speaking of, of moving, I think I may also be buying a house in the near future. Really? Okay. Yeah. Was it your childhood home? Uh, no. No, that, that was, uh, that fell through, uh, quite a few months ago. Uh, and in fact, I had pretty much resigned myself to stay where I'm at, where I'm renting now for at least another year. Because uh, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but the U.S. housing market is uh, pretty crazy right now. Everything yeah, bonkers here as jumped well. up like fifty thousand from what it would have been a year before, at least. Oh well, I think I read in the newspaper just yesterday it's eighty thousand Australian in the last year. So yeah, that's uh, almost bang on. Yeah, pretty comparable. Um, anyway, so I had figured I'm going to rent here for another year and kind of sit it out and hope that things settle down or get better or at least have another year to save up. Um, But uh, all of my neighbors in the last week have moved out because their leases, my lease isn't up for renewal until uh, March, April next year. And theirs all are renewing in the next month. And our landlord has raised the rent $500 on them. 
per month. Per month, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so that's a lot of money. And that's a lot more than I'd be paying in a mortgage anywhere. So I think I, my hand is going to be forced when I get the same note in a few months. And uh, uh, Yeah. So At I least you I'm, have some forewarning on that. I'll get some forewarning because I'm going to... She wants like a three-month confirmation of whether or not you're renewing so i'll get a note in like january saying what my rent will be for the year uh and so at that point if i'm lucky and and maybe no one rents out the other units and she decides not to raise my rent because the other ones have been sitting empty um if i'm lucky maybe i'll stay here for another year if that happens but if i get a similar note to my neighbors then that'll give me three months to find something and get moved so you've got some um some work to do when she's showing people through some prospective tenants, <laughs> empty houses. Just make you a racket. Gotta, yeah, or just walk around your yard with no pants on, or I, already I don't know, that. get out your sweet hot little hands and do something <laughs> dirty with them. <laughs> I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And I'll set up an alert for. I, I have know, cameras around the property, alert. so I can actually see that. When someone's walking up. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I did get a second device in the last couple of weeks as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely an afterthought in terms of uh, I have not gotten a lot of use out of it. It is mostly sat around. Um, so initial impressions of the iPhone 13 Pro, the new Sierra Blue is... Uh, I think my favorite color ever of an iPhone. Hmm. It's it's uh, in the right lighting, it looks like Pacific Blue from last year. Like if I hold it next to my 12 Pro Max, uh, if I can angle them just right where they both look like they're the same color. Uh, but in some lightings, it's like it's just like this icy, cool, like foggy baby blue. It's it's great. It's, yeah, it's my favorite color for sure. So uh, that's my number one impression because that's the most I've seen of it. Um, I will say that 120 hertz display uh, impressed me more than I expected. It's it's not something that I noticed much on my iPad Pro, uh, but maybe it's because I'm using the iPad Mini so much now. Every time I pick up my iPhone, it feels like smooth and responsive, and I'm amazed by it every single time. Uh, and I think it's because it's not my primary device anymore, and so it feels different from the 60 hertz display I'm used to using. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because it's, I've had minis only 60 hertz. Yeah, it's 60 hertz. It's LCD. It only gets to 500 nits. The screen could definitely get brighter because I like to read outside, and it's a little little hard when the screen only gets to 500 nits. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the screen has been impressive every single time I've used it. Uh, the notch being smaller has made no difference at all. There's not like anything extra being done with the space for it to, to feel... Like I have more room or anything. So that's made no difference. Um, And then the cameras have been excellent. Uh, I have not taken a bad photo with this camera. I don't know if it's possible to take a bad photo with these cameras. But it hasn't happened to me yet. The uh, added little bit of zoom that I get from the 3X is nice. The macro photo mode has been fun to play with. I've taken photos up close of a lot of things and uh, I imagine I will continue playing with it, hopefully to get some cool artsy photos. Uh, 
but that's about all I can really say about it. It's just an iPhone. It it, it feels the same. I could have easily been using my, you know, my 12 Pro Max, and I didn't really gain anything new out of out of this year's iPhone, especially since I don't use it very much. Well, topic closed. Glad to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say battery life has been good. It, probably because I don't use it as much as as my last phone. But I've seen some people do battery tests now on these the whole 13 line versus 12 line and depending on the use case even the 13 minis battery has has outlasted like the 12 12 pro even 12 pro max i think in like video streaming stuff um so if you do decide to get an iphone and you still want the small one i think the mini could be a viable option this year yeah that, that's the story of the iphones isn't it it's camera and battery really yeah so. It, yeah, it's nice to see the minis had this massive bump up in battery life. Although I never really had any issues with it. Oh, yeah. I guess I mostly used the mini during like peak COVID when leaving the house wasn't that common a thing to do. Right. And I don't even really use the phone that much. Yasmin hasn't had any complaints though since she's been the user of the 12 mini either. So okay. yeah. But I definitely heard complaints on other podcasts as well about people not getting, uh, not being happy with the iPhone 12 mini's battery life. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing that the 13 mini though is, is blowing away even the, the pro max in some situations. Yeah. I think it's specifically the a 15 is helping in, in those cases, but mm-hmm. yep. yeah. So I, the cameras weren't as, as bad as I had thought. Um, like I knew they were going to be bigger and protrude more, uh, but it's subtle and it hasn't bothered me at all. The smaller size in the hand is great. The uh, in the same way that going back to the iPad Pro felt comically large, picking up my 12 Pro Max to pack it and ship it today, it felt way too big. Uh, I'm happy to be back to a phone that I can use one-handed, um, and it also helps it like feel a little more like premium, I think, because it's so dense and and compact in my hand and yeah i'm very happy that i went with the smaller phone this year i went into a a carrier shop at uh, the local shopping center and had a little play with the 13 pro and pro max Mm -hmm. and they feel like real chonkers compared to what i've got at home oh yeah and just just you know, before I even picked it up, just walking towards it and looking at it, and I thought, "God, that's that's a big phone." Uh huh. I can't. I I can't imagine having the Pro Max size. It would just seem ridiculous. Even the just the Pro 13 Pro looked looked. I don't know. Like you could knock someone over the head with it and take them out. Oh yeah, for to. sure. It's it's a dense phone. Yeah, really dense. And they're only just slightly, slightly thicker than the 12 phones, mm-hmm. the 12 Pros. But I think it shows. Yeah, maybe I got the benefit of going to a smaller phone this year. So the fact that it's thicker and heavier is not noticeable to me because it's still like smaller and lighter than the my last phone. Yeah, you, you're definitely looking at it through the rose tint of the Pro yeah. Max. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the blood haze? Yeah. So I think I think this was definitely the the right year to step down a size. Yeah. <laughs> so um I found the Pro Motion 
not as obvious as it was going from a 60 hertz to a 120 hertz iPad, which I found like very obvious. Oh, but okay. between the phones, I mean, it was definitely noticeable, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was as big a change as I was expecting. Maybe it's just my my expectations were much higher. Um, scrolling, scrolling though, is where you really notice it because you know you can you can keep looking at things as you're scrolling, which is quite a change. I think that in general. I don't know that this is the case, but I think Apple's taken advantage of it being 120 hertz and sped up their animations because uh, they can make their animations faster and still smoother by taking advantage of those higher frame rates. And so it feels snappier to even just open and close apps and jump between stuff. I don't know that that's true, but maybe it's just the A15 is that much snappier. Yeah. Although not really according to benchmarks. Yeah, pretty subtle in most cases, except the GPU. Yeah, that's all I really observed in my 30 seconds in the carrier store until uh, little Paulie started screaming at me to get out of there so I couldn't have any longer a play, or even with the non-pro models, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was happy to have a look. In fact, I couldn't even pick it up because, <laughs> you know, carrier stores, they they oh, don't give you like man. the one meter tether to the desk. It's uh-huh. like, it's in a vice grip of death. So right. <laughs> you couldn't move it more than a millimeter. Yeah, that's so different than like going to the Apple store where everything is is either tethered or completely, you know, unattached to things. Right, yeah. Like they just had cases and, and MagSafe wallets and battery packs on display and I just picked it up and snapped it on my phone and I slid it in my pocket and no one said a word and I just got to ex- like experiment with it and try out the accessories and it was really nice. Isn't it still the case at the Apple store that you can even just scan the barcode on your phone and then walk out with the product? Yeah, I've done that a few times and it really feels like stealing it, but <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said anything to me. So. Mm, anything else new on the phone that we could talk about? Um, Have you used any of the photo styles? I know you've been doing a little bit of like actual photography, not just snaps of your kids because uh, you posted something on Instagram. I did, yeah. In fact, if you look at those, that... that whatever five photos that I posted on Instagram, not only are they kind of photography photos and not just life photos, I actually went through and, and played with editing all of them just in the photo editor and messing with things that I have no idea what they mean, like saturation and detail <laughs> and folk and uh, contrast or whatever. Um, and I have no idea what I was doing, but I just kept moving sliders and like, does it look better like this or like this? And I went through all of them until I came to how the photos look uh, as I posted them on Instagram. That's how everyone starts, I think. So okay. just keep up at that like every day for the next five years and then you'll be a professional <laughs> photographer. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that reminds me of a, a quote that I saw recently. I was, I'm trying to pick up like playing darts and there's not a lot of... Uh, instruction on how to properly play darts because everyone has different styles and different techniques how they do it and there's not like one right way uh but one comment said that the the secret to darts is just to practice for an hour a day if you practice an hour a day every day for a year you'll be better than the average player at a bar and it's like isn't that how everything works if you practice for an hour a day you're gonna be better than everyone else or at least the average (laughs) joe yeah so anyway 
time is the real cost in uh, developing a skill. But yeah. having technique would probably help you get you there faster. Yeah. So anyway, I will say that after after making all the tweaks and like trying to compare the original to my tweaks, I'm like, all oh, these photos look really like almost gray compared to how they ended up after I oversaturated them probably. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, you, like, you're bound to go through a phase where you overdo every technique to a certain level until you realize something doesn't look good anymore, and yeah. then you tone it back, and then it, you know you're sitting at about twenty percent of that tweak that you would have made before. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> all my photos look like they came out of a Samsung phone right now. <laughs> I mean, the entire world went like heavy HDR in 2010, uh-huh. so you can't you cannot fault yourself for overdoing it or something. I'm just a decade behind. Oh, I don't think you've done the HDR thing, though. Okay. Well, not not from the photos you've posted so far. Have a go, though. It's okay. fun to, <laughs> to over-HDR something once every now and then. <laughs> See, my, my big concern is that uh, I played with some of the photos that I posted on Instagram. I also tweaked, like, I went to my favorites album. I'm like, is there photos in here that I can also adjust to what I think look better? And I played with some of them. But now I'm worried that you know, in a couple more years, I'm going to think they look silly and, and bad. I'm going to have to go back and undo all my edits on all the photos that I've been playing with the last couple of years. Well, the beauty of it is nothing's destructive, so you can just do that. Yeah. I wish it was just like an undo all button, though. It's like, I was an idiot two years ago. Just undo all my edits on all my photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's like my relative accidentally set some like dramatic cool on her on her phone and didn't realize for seven months <laughs> until i told her and yeah there is no reset all is there uh no so so i'm trying to be sparing with it and that's that's why i took all those photos of of not my family because i want to test out my 13 pro camera and then i could also make these edits on them and not care because i'm not messing up photos of my kids i'm messing up a photo of like a tree <laughs> but you're not messing them up that's the beauty of it you can always just undo it. But I won't. I'm lazy. I'm not going to go back and do all that. Surely in 10 years, there'll be like a revert all changes button <laughs> in photos. That's a little bank Although, on, yeah. yeah. At the rate of change, maybe not. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing some more from your photo walks. Oh, well, thanks. I'm, I am I quite enjoy them. Um... I thought we might have a short show, which is why I just stuck in like an iOS 15 review, but we've already had a solid hour, so <laughs> do you have any thoughts on iOS 15 now that it's out in the wild? Actually, did we talk about this already? I mean, I think we've touched on iOS 15 the last few months as we've played with the betas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that it was a little annoying on my new 13 Pro because it was only yesterday that Unlock with my Apple Watch started working. Mm-hmm. Um, yep which is a feature that I didn't realize how much I depended on. Uh, so it was, it was very frustrating for that to not work for the last week I've owned the phone. But That's actually a feature I turned off because I found that every time my kids started messing around with my phone, it would be unlocked and they'd start actually, oh, actually yeah. doing stuff on it. So <laughs> That's why you can press the lock yeah. button on your watch again, though. Yeah, that's if you notice it. I don't leave my phone out where kids can get to it. That's how, that's how come my phones don't end up in coffee cups. Kids can get anywhere though. Where where do you put your phone that kids can't get to it? In, in a my safe? pocket. Yeah, the pocket works. 
I've got a little bit older kids though that that don't don't aren't quite as destructive. So they destroyed mm. their handful of, of phones and tablets in their life, but now they're past that that stage. All right, I'm glad to hear I'm not an anomaly. They'll outgrow it, or yeah. rather, my kids aren't anomalies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? Do you have any takeaways from iOS 15? Um, the focus stuff I'm finding probably more of an annoyance than anything because now every time you get an alert, it's like, oh, did you want to get this alert? I'm like, yes. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, of course I wanted. It's like, it's a notification. Just give it to me and don't ask me. And then if it doesn't have that, it says, oh, it's time sensitive. Well, like it's a notification that I've chose to have on. So it's probably time sensitive. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just not the target audience because I've never felt that I've needed something more than just do not disturb on or not on. I've never, right. I've never, yeah, been driven to to customize it more than that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that feels like it's for people that aren't me as well. Like the ability to turn on a work focus mode and you just have like all your work apps have notifications and you only see a work home screen. Maybe I've just never worked in an environment where I've needed that, but like, you know, I've always worked at places where it's it's okay if I'm on Facebook on my phone at work. No one's gonna care. So mm-hmm. I don't. Yep. I want those notifications still. Um, I also found it a little annoying. I don't know if you've gotten these, but the ones where if you get like one or or two or three notifications like within thirty minutes from the same app, it prompts you like, "Do you want to temporarily mute this app because it seems to be like spamming you?" <laughs> um, which when they announced it, they said it like in the context of group conversations, where like you don't care about this group conversation update and so you can mute it for like an hour or something and not see everyone else talking which made sense but the context i've been getting it in is my calendar application because i've got all my work meetings and stuff on my calendar so i'll get you know you've you've got this meeting in 15 minutes and this meeting in 30 minutes and this one in an hour and i get those and my phone's like do you want to turn calendar off it seems to be annoying you like, no, I really want to know when those meetings are. Don't turn those off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just targeted at people who already don't have control of their notifications or don't know how to deal with it in the settings app. Right. Yeah. If it's a notification you don't want, they're just turned off from the application itself. Yeah. And, the, and it's not a case where sometimes I want them on. It's just all on or off in my mind, which is why Do Not Disturb made sense and still makes sense. One little bug I've noticed with Do Not Disturb is, you know, if you're messaging someone with D&D on and it mm-hmm. gives you a little thing that says, blah, blah, or this will be delivered quietly, whatever mm-hmm. the text is. Well, in Yasmin's case, she's got the iPad is permanently on Do Not Disturb, but her iPhone only at night. But that status message is just always on when I'm messaging her because oh. the iPad's never not on D&D. Interesting. Is, uh, I I didn't know you could do that because when I turn Do Not Disturb on on like my phone or my computer, it turns it on all my devices at once. Is there a way? No, to... you don't have to have it like that. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to sync it across devices. Well, that's how I want it because the only time I turn Do Not Disturb on is when we're doing the podcast and I want everything to be quiet. Mm. So, anyway. But she doesn't want the iPads to ever make noise? Is that what, what it is? That's it. Mm. Never show a notification, never make noise. Oh, okay. Well, as my iPad is my primary device, I uh, I quite like getting my text messages and app notifications on there, so I would not want to turn that on. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you'd, you wouldn't want it on your phone in that case when you're at home. Yeah. I usually don't pull my phone out of my pocket. 
Maybe those are your focus modes, at home or not at home. Finally found a use case for you. <laughs> I just ignore my phone when I'm at home. I don't need to have a focus mode. <laughs> Doesn't it annoy you when multiple devices ping for the same notification, though? That drives me crazy. Well, all my devices are on silent, so nothing actually makes a sound. And how do you know when you're getting a phone call, then? My Apple Watch? Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, that, that's it i mean maybe my laptop rings because it's the only device that has its volume on mm, yep any other thoughts on ios 15 I, th- I don't think there's anything else i haven't said in previous shows yeah i certainly don't have any new takeaways you know since it launched last topic for the show is that apple now lets you share how much you love or hate built-in apps via the app store reviews so yeah you can leave a review for the compass app if you like i i wonder if i mean i i totally get that like this is just something they had to do in guise of like anti-competitive stuff because it seemed bad that all of the other mail apps on the app store can be reviewed and have negative reviews but apple's you know never has any stars on it so Mm. makes sense Mm. that it had to be added for that reason uh but i imagine apple's not going to be paying too close attention to those reviews and like taking them to heart (laughs) probably not although you never know yeah and uh i I I can't believe the mail app only has 2.8 stars yeah it's a fine mail app it's actually more than fine it's great i've never felt the need to download another mail app on my phone you know in the last (laughs) 15 years of iphone's existence i've always used the stock one and it's been fine Uh so even the tips app has a high rating at 3.9. Mm. That's that ever since Apple gave you the ability to uninstall apps, that's like the one app that I always delete from my phone cuz I do not yeah. need any tips. No question. Like I don't I even leave stocks on my iPhone and I have not used stocks once in my life and I don't delete that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tips like don't don't ping me with stuff that I've known about, you know, for the last 6 months. That's the worst. But yeah, I just noticed that. Sorry, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I'm just one of those people that always feel like I need a pure iPhone experience. I don't know. I don't like downloading duplicate apps. So if Apple has an app that already does something, I don't get a a duplicate app from the App Store. I I use the Apple Calendar. I don't download Fantastical or whatever else. I don't download Gmail. I don't download Google Photos or Spotify or overcast or anything else i'll use the apple apps and i've been perfectly happy doing that man there there are perks to doing that i mean you get all the little integrations you know if you use the podcast app and i suggest a podcast then it surfaces that episode right in the podcast app for you and right all the other apps have little tie-ins like that as well so yeah there's something to be said for the pure apple lifestyle (laughs) sounds a little bit uh i i am so like I'm getting better, but I don't know. In my mind, for the longest time, you had to use Apple devices like as they were designed and intended to be used because that was the right way to use them. That was the ideal way to use them. It was the only way. So that includes like Apple accessories. Like my my computer, I only use an Apple keyboard and a Magic Mouse because those are Apple's accessories. Um, and I just got away from that. I finally gave up on Magic Mouse. And I have a Logitech MX Master 3. Uh, I finally switched to like a more ergonomic mouse. And I'm so happy I did. <laughs> it's been great. 
You're talking to someone with a magic mouse in front of them. Well, here's what I have to say about that. I get it. And I am still very much like in the Apple ecosystem. I've ne- I can't bring myself to switch keyboards. I like Apple's keyboards. Uh, so I'm still using that. And I still have a magic trackpad. So all the gestures that I was doing with my magic mouse, I can still do on the trackpad. And then I just have a nicer mouse. And uh, yeah, it's been a real usability win for me. Can you guess which of Apple's iPhone apps is the highest rated on the App Store? And this is kind of a trick question. Mm, That's tricky because I don't know which ones are on the App Store even. Um, Because I know some you can't uninstall. If I had, if I had uh, I th- to guess, I think they're all there. I would everything. Say... Oh, I'll rephrase it. Everything that's on Apple's publisher page. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you call it. That's so tricky because I can see people complaining about every single Apple app. I think the highest rated. Yes. Apple... Wait, wait, wait. You're 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 on the right track there. <laughs> Keep following that path. Is it because highest rated is still like maybe three stars? No, the highest rating is uh, 4.7. Okay. But yes, every, someone, everyone will find something to complain about for Apple's apps. Okay, okay. So, Dark Sky. Yeah, nice. Okay. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that barely counts. I'm very impressed that you got that. <laughs> you, you gave me some pretty big hints there. <laughs> there's, not, there's not very many apps they have that they didn't completely develop in-house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's the highest rated app that is like one of the stock iPhone apps? Um, I don't know. I'd have to go through them all again because I didn't really note that down. Uh, okay. But most are around like the three and a half stars. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> that that was bound to happen. <laughs> Everyone's going to complain about them all. Yeah. If I, if I were to leave reviews, they would all get pretty high reviews in my book because they've all been good enough that I've used... You know, use them the last decade plus and not felt the need to switch. So that's that's pretty good. I'd leave a scathing review for the podcast app. And I find it just fine. <laughs> I don't... Uh, what what do you think the podcast app is lacking? Uh, how about just like a list of the podcasts I listen to in a nice order that I can easily sort from like oldest to newest. And then once I finish playing, it just disappears from that list and doesn't doesn't sometimes randomly start playing like the next episode in that same podcast. Why would I ever want to do that? One one I've already listened to. No, you would go to like the next one that I haven't listened to from a different podcast. How about that? You need to look at up next in the listen now tab then, because that was exactly what you described. But no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to go to any tab. I just want to open the app and hit the thing I want to listen to. Okay. Well, I don't want to have to scroll like for 10 years to get to the chapters. That's annoying. See, uh, I, it's I, difficult I, to see progress through the chapters. Yeah. Without I'm not, comparing current timestamp to the timestamp of the next chapter. I'm not an advanced podcast user, I think, because I've never looked at a podcast show notes. I've never looked at the chapters. I just hit play and then I go on a walk or I go on a drive and I listen and I don't care about the chapters or anything else. So I think that maybe for the most basic use case, podcasts is fine. But I think if I cared about anything more than that, 
I'd probably start feeling your pain. Oh, well. That's why there's the App Store. That's right. I'm James VDM on Reddit and on Twitter. And I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and Twitter. And the show notes will be at reddit.com slash r slash the r apple show. I switched back to my old chair for you. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, I certainly picked up on those the squeaks and stuff you were talking about in the last episode. And uh, I... when did you pick up on them during the recording, or did you listen back to your audio? Because I didn't hear them during the recording at all. I didn't hear them while we were recording, but when I was listening back to the show, uh, last week's show or whatever, then I I did hear them a couple times, like where it was either in the middle of my talking or just somewhere that you you couldn't cut out. There were a few obvious squeaks in there. <laughs> yeah, when it was easy to cut out, I did, of course. But yeah. yeah, a few were trickier. That's too bad because the chair I'm sitting in is like a cheap $50 Walmart chair or whatever. And it's not comfortable. And it's just, it's it's a cheap chair that's sat in my podcast corner for a long time. And that's what I've used. But I got this really nice, like $250 chair that I work out of every day that's ergonomic. It's got support. And it's really comfortable. And I started, I decided that I'm like, I'm just going to move this over here when I'm doing the podcast because it's so much more comfortable and uh, it's squeaky and I had no idea. So disappointing. Is there anything you can do to resolve that? Uh, Potentially, but whatever issues it has, it's not enough that I've ever picked up on it throughout the day. So I will just sit in the less comfy chair for the little bit of time we talk every other week. Make that sacrifice. I will, just for you. Thank you. But then you'll start (laughs) associating me with the less comfy seating arrangement. I don't want to be associated with that. Oh, that's that's it's too late. It's we've been doing this for four years.